0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel always reminds me of two people very specifically, one, one whom you know. Um, so every time I hear this, this gospel, I always think of Father Brent Crow and then my cousin, Brother Rufino Joseph, who i mentioned before. He's a, he's a Franciscan friar of the Renewal, and he lives in Honduras. And um, one of the reasons that I, I think about them is because we still do this. In the seminary, we still send people out in pairs, seminarians go to their very first apostle assignments together so that you have somebody to rely on and and i'm sure i've mentioned it before but but the way i met father brent was here in beaverton at our lady of peace retreat house we both went on the archbishop's discernment retreat to discern the priesthood and he was a year ahead of me you know he's a little further ahead of me and so he was ready to join that year and then i took one more year and then i joined uh the, the year after him But then, when I got to Mount Angel to to start seminary, they assigned us to Central Catholic High School together, you know, as uh, apostolate partners. And that was one of the ways that we actually got to know each other. One of the themes that I often like to preach about and and talk about is that the same way we get to know each other, through conversation and time, is the same way that we get to know the Lord of the Universe. And that's how Father Brent and I got to know each other, from driving from Mount Angel, all the way to Central Catholic High School, back and forth and back and forth, a lot of time spent together. And you need that support. It's always really important for us to pay attention to the things that Jesus did in a specific way, primarily in the sacraments, because that's his continuing ministry on earth. He gave us the sacraments to carry out his ministry once he ascends back into heaven. But also, we can see the other actions that he had. It's like, If he was sending people out two by two, there's probably wisdom in the way that Jesus did it, right? And so the church holds that wisdom close to its heart, and it still does that. I cannot tell you how many times we needed to bounce something off of one another. Like if we're gonna teach a whole bunch of high schoolers or something like that, well, say, so are you gonna teach about this? Or are you gonna teach, okay, how about you cover that part and I'll talk about that part? I say, like, okay, you talk about climbing, I'll talk about Jesus, okay, good. You know, team, you know, or whatever it was, right? You know, we would come up with something together. And of course, I think of my cousin, brother Rufino, because he chose to be a religious, to live the religious life, what we call the evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience. So when we look at this, this is the radical way of taking this gospel absolutely, absolutely to its heart by, by, you know, putting aside everything that isn't necessary. And I, I often, I bring this up every once in a while just because it still sort of astounds me. But, uh, you know, he has a gray habit, and that's, that's what he's got. You know, I mean, like, that's his clothes, you know, the clothes underneath it in this gray habit. And every time I see him, that's what he's wearing, right? That's his clothes. And he doesn't own anything. And, um, you know, when they get holes in their habit, all they do is just keep patching them up. So now he's been a friar for, it's been a while now, like getting, getting closer to a decade. And so he's got patches all over the place. But I was, I was, one day, I remember this occurred to me, I saw a big picture of him and a lot of his brethren. And the one thing that, that really struck at the heart of me is I noticed that the biggest patch on his habit was right here was right here why why was this big patch right here from kneeling from kneeling in prayer and, I, and i'll never forget that i'll never forget seeing that big patch across his knees from kneeling so much and wearing through his habit that way and uh you know it's funny in fact as a reminder to this i have one of these like kind of weird twisty walking stick kind of things but i keep it at my door of the rectory so that when i leave the rectory I'm actually reminded of this very gospel. It, it's sort of, every time I see it and I walk out the door, it kind of is a reminder to me. It's like, am I leaving behind the things that I need to leave behind? Or am I too attached to things, right? Now, granted, like, like this story, I don't take the walking stick and leave everything else out, you know? Usually I have some things that I bring with me here to the church or whatever. But, uh, but it is a reminder to me. Am I attaching myself to things Of the earth, or am I attaching my life to the providence of God? One of the things that my cousin does is by not having anything, not having personal possessions like that, is you trust in the providence of God. That very word, providence, even when we see it on the hospital, providence to provide. So all of the things that are left behind here, it's like take nothing with you but a walking stick, no food. No sack, no money in their belt. So take nothing that actually would provide for your well-being with you. Is the idea, and you do that so that you, the thing that provides for you is the Holy Spirit itself. It is the thing that feeds you, and it is the word that you end up giving to other people. It's an amazing thing, you know. Very hard to do in practice, but an amazing call that the Lord gives us. But he says something else, and he says it way before Taylor Swift ever says it. He says, shake it off. He says, shake the dust off of your feet, right? You know, because it's like he knows that when you're out there on the journey, that you are going to run into difficulty, into persecution, into people rejecting the message of the gospel. You're absolutely going to run into that. But when you run into that, it's so imperative that we have a, a short memory of these things i used to tell uh, when i coach climbing especially in competitive climbing you know it's quite a nervous sport you know you're climbing on this artificial climbing wall and every hold you reach for is like another point so like in the even count movement so like you know to break ties and things like that so like if i'm here as a climber and i fall but the next person was moving towards the next hold they would get like a fraction of a point more than i would get so it's very very nerve-wracking sport but sometimes when you're climbing on the wall this is truly a metaphor for life you're climbing and like your foot slips and you're like oh i almost fell i almost fell you have that moment where you're like i almost fell there are two decisions that you can make at that point and i used to tell the climbers this all the time i said you have to have a short memory and what that means is you can do two things: you can climb the whole rest of the route saying, "I almost fell, I almost fell, I almost fell, I almost fell." or you can say to yourself one time, i didn 't fall," and you can keep going that 's really what shaking the dust off your feet is you have to leave the rejections behind you. you have to leave the falls behind you, you know, on these journeys, but you 'll notice the one thing that 's super important, one of the things that's amazing about this gospel, and I'm going to read the, uh, the opening prayer again to all of you, is that what is the thing that they take? They take the walking stick and their sandals, which means they are going on a long journey. We're reminded not that long ago we celebrated the Feast of St. Thomas the Apostle. St. Thomas goes all the way to India. That is really, really far away from where he lived there in the Holy Land, right? That is so, so far away. Sandals for a journey. And so we hear this, on a journey, what are you looking for? You know, the Lord tells us he didn't come to save the righteous. He didn't come to save the people that were doing the right thing, that were practicing their faith. He's looking for the lost sheep. He's looking for those who've gone astray. So this is what we hear in our opening prayer today. Sometimes we just kind of like, it's like in the name of the Father, Son, like let us pray. And then we kind of like, all right, oh, I get to sit down in a second. You know, so sometimes that happens in our Catholic brains because we're used to the mass setting, right? It says, oh God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray so that they may return to the right path. Give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of christ so we're trying to bring people back into the fold that's that's our goal as we go out there on the journey you know this is this is funny how these things happen right i was i was visiting family for the last couple of weeks and my mom was scrolling through facebook and then she like called me over there and like she pointed to the screen and then it said to get to heaven you have to let go of earth, or something like that. And then it was like, Father Peter, Julia. And I was like, so apparently this is something that I said during a homily, that I think that maybe Janelle over here or something quoted, or somebody here quoted who heard me say that. Now, it's really nice to be quoted for that concept, but I was thinking when I read that, I was like, I'm sure like a thousand saints said that before Father Peter said that, right? But it was really funny to see those words there. But that's what this gospel is about. You have to let go of earth, To inherit the kingdom of heaven and so you leave behind you the things that that are attachments you know the money of the world food you know i mean it's this is a theme throughout many different passages in scripture that we hear but it's a great reminder to us i also think back to these moments, these difficulties, these hiccups you have on your journey or on your way. So when I when I got to Rome, my apostolate partner this year happened to be Father Mitchell Brown, a priest um, for for New Mexico, and he he and I were we had a long cab ride, a an Italian cab ride to an international school in Rome, and so. You know, so they spoke English at the international school, and it was a lot of, a lot of Italian kids, um, you know, usually wealthy Italian kids, and then folks from other countries were at the school. And so it was all in English. But the cab ride was kind of longer than normal to get out to the school. And we both kind of get a little bit of motion sickness. Uh, Father Mitchell, worse, even worse than I do. Oh, man, I remember there's some trips where, like, by the time we got to the school, You know, it's like one of those things where, like, you get out of the cab and you're like, you know, you just have to, like, kind of kiss the ground and, like, ground yourself. You're like, oh, we're here. Thank God I'm not inside of this crazy cab driver's cab anymore. And so, um, but that's part of the journey, right? You know, and then it's like we get there and then we have to teach, right? You know, you hear those stories about St. Paul getting shipwrecked and Getting you know robbed on the road and things like that, so that happens, and then he has to preach the gospel right so we're like okay let 's collect ourselves deep breaths okay let 's teach some second graders about first communion and so we went in there, and I remember one particular day uh, Mitchell happened to be teaching at that particular, and I was standing off to the side in my support role of his te- you know and see so he was teaching the kids, and we were talking about the uh, the, the Ten Commandments, but we happened to be talking about um, you know, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain on that particular day. And this is kind of an illustration, too, about, like, we preach the gospel, and we're seeing who's listening and who's putting it into practice, right? So we're, we're teaching this, and all of you that have children, or especially those of you that are teachers, know this about kids. It's actually really fascinating. You'll say something or you'll teach something for the first time, and then you'll see the cogs start to turn. The wheels are turning. They're, like, putting things together... You're like, hmm, this is an interesting concept that I've never learned before. And then they're kind of thinking about stuff, putting it all together. And so a very sharp um, young boy named uh, Francesco, he raises his hand. And he's just like, yeah, I I love their accents. It was so great. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, I have a question. And he's like, oh, yes, Francesco, what's your question? And he says, "Uh, sometimes when we are in the car, uh, another car cuts in front of us and my mother is like oh mio dio you know you know she starts yelling things like that and then yeah and then another kid raises his hand and he goes yes also when we are in the car my mother also she yells at the car and you know and so he starts yelling and he's like okay everybody put your hands up sometimes we all get a little frustrated when we're driving you know and so it was really fun to watch mitchell handle this situation at the time and not have to be the one under fire but one of the things that that points to is that the kids in the class were learning and understanding what it means to keep god's name holy and sacred and they were putting it together that some of their own family members were not doing that were not embodying that thing and they were starting to put that together and so that's one of the important things we never know when we share the faith with somebody whether it's in our own family or somewhere else if somebody's going to accept that or if they're going to reject it. It's a difficult thing when we share the faith with somebody, especially our family members, and they reject it. But some of those kids were learning precepts of the faith that day, and they might become better Catholics than their parents, or their parents might be good Catholics, and they might decide not to practice the faith. It happens all the time. It happens within all of our families. But this is what I want all of us to do here today. I, I remind everybody of this um occasionally whatever that thing is get it in your mind think about it what is the thing that keeps us back as an individual from sharing our faith fully with other people from from embracing our faith fully is there something that's getting in our way something of this earth that is not going to exist in heaven is there something getting in our way and I want you to call it to mind when we celebrate the Eucharist today on this altar. I want you to take it, populate it in your mind, and lay it down here like the dust you kick off of your feet. Like the Lord says in one of the, one of the other stories in a different gospel, the same, the same message, is he says that give peace to that house. Give peace to everybody that you meet, the peace of Christ. And if they reject the peace of Christ, it returns to you. The Holy Spirit is given out fully, in full measure. Always fully. It can be received, sometimes only partially. But the thing that we have to be reminded is that we move on. We have, is there a grudge that we're holding against somebody in our life that we have not let go, let go of? Is there some sort of material possession that has a great grip on us? kick it off your feet, lay it down on this altar, sacrifice it, let go of it. And it's a reminder that the sacrifice that Christ made for us, that we also have to make sacrifices in our lives if we're to spread the message of the gospel, what we're called to do. But like I said, get that in your mind and say it in the silence of your heart during this Mass. It's like, Lord, I offer you up this thing. This thorn in my flesh, this whatever it is, please take it from me. If we offer it up to the Lord, he can absolutely transform it. But if we just take it and try to master it ourselves, it'll never be redeemed like Paul talks about in our second reading. That redemption is a gift from Christ. So lay it down at his altar and let him redeem you. God bless you all.